0: Hello everybody, you are listening to UCI Conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Bossenmeyer, and my guest today is first year UCI Athletic Director, Paula Smith. Even though this is her first year in the position of UCI's AD, she has a wealth of experience, which I'm really looking forward to exploring. Welcome AD Smith, how are you today?
1: I'm fantastic, thank you. (laughs) Great to be here, Kevin.
0: Fantastic. For this up close and personal interview, let's just start from the beginning tell us briefly about where you grew up and how you came to UCI
1: absolutely I grew up as a military daughter born in Illinois and lived in several states within the United States and also lived in Germany Ramstein Air Force Base my father was stationed mid-seventies he was transferred to Alamogordo, New Mexico uh, and Alamogordo, New Mexico. Which is a
0: mouthful, Alamogordo. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs>
1: Um, You know and that's where I say I grew up that's where my uh, middle school and high school educational years were in the K-12 through and then I went to New Mexico State for my undergraduate education and so up until that point New Mexico would be what I would call home although my family is from Richmond, Virginia so my parents are West of where they normally are, and uh, enjoying it, and have uh, made it a permanent home for them right oh. now.
0: Oh, still in New Mexico? Absolutely. Oh, okay. yes. Great. And so
1: from there, really, I think that's how I got started in my career. And I played sports in high school, volleyball and basketball. I lettered, and uh, but when I went off to college, uh, at a five, I'd say I'm five feet. Maybe not quite. Um, was not recruited to be a division one athlete, and were so were you um, a
0: point guard or in basketball? or I
1: typically get asked that question, and uh. just to throw people off, I say I was a sinner just to see their reaction, <laughs> but yes, I was a point guard. And then uh, what would be in volleyball a setter? And okay. in today's time the the term would be libero for defensive specialist kind of so oh, okay. yes. And then I think what I would share with you is I decided uh, under during my undergraduate education, I was going to work during college, and the athletics department had a job posting, a work-study job, and I applied for it, so I ended up working in the athletics department for my four years of undergraduate degree work, and I was fortunate to work for the athletic director, and I think that was Mm -hmm. sort of my opportunity just to keep involved in sport, but I was not thinking a career in athletics when I was in college. I was first an accounting major then we're kindred
0: spirits only you were smarter to transition out of that <laughs> faster than me
1: I did I transit <laughs> I realized that strict numbers was not my love or interest so I moved to marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think that ticked it off for me because I have a great ability in terms of personal skills, interpersonal skills, and relationships. And so marketing seemed to be more of my footing. And so that's what I ended up graduating with, with a marketing degree, a BA in marketing. But my business law professor was the faculty athletic rep. It's a term in the NCAA that is is a professor that is outside of intercollegiate athletics that bridges the gap between athletics and the campus climate. Mm. And he just spoke to me about opportunities in the NCAA. The NCAA started an internship for minorities and women in sport, and I applied for it. And so my choices when I graduated was in the midst of applying for internships with oil companies, because my discipline, and even though marketing was in transportation and physical distribution sides of things, and so I was Conoco, oil company, golf, you know, mm-hmm. that option mm-hmm. versus an internship in intercollegiate athletics, and I applied for one with the Big West Conference, and... Lo and behold, I got the internship. So I chose that as opposed to maybe the internship opportunity I had lined up to go to Alaska. What better place, California wow. or Alaska? <laughs>
0: I chose California. So this was with the Big West? Yes. So where were the offices or were they offices? Yeah.
1: So when I started, the Big West was known as the Pacific Coast Athletic Association, so oh, okay. the PCAA. And oh, okay. uh, their offices, when I moved out to California, was right at the corner of the 55 Freeway and Dyer.
0: Oh, okay. A few years
1: down the road, they moved about a mile down the road, and Dyer became Barranca, and they're at the corner of Barranca and Jamboree now. So I've been in Orange County and this area since late 80s, which is when I started with the Big West.
0: And how long were you with the Big West? Because you had several different jobs, right?
1: I was at the Big West from 1988 until 2000. And oh, okay. I started at the Big West as a compliance intern and worked my way up through the Big West Conference office and was an assistant commissioner before I departed at the Big West Conference. So I primarily did compliance, uh, rules interpretation, governance structure. But at that time, the conference office was a small office, about eight employees. So I also had the benefit of doing championships. And so I got to work with all of the championships that we put on for the Big West Conference, cross country, swimming and diving. Big West, tennis, you name it. I yeah. was involved in a variety of different opportunities within the conference office, even though my primary role was compliance. So I think fortunate for me, the small office, they lend to all staff having the opportunity to Either do some marketing, do some, you know, mm-hmm. media relations work, the, hosting championships, understanding yeah. compliance. And so I think that's where my experience was born in being in an intimate small conference office at yeah. the start of my career.
0: Yeah. Has the office expanded since then? Yes. I got the impression. So yes. it's a lot bigger it's operation big, now. Yeah, absolutely. How much bigger now?
1: Um, I would say we were about eight, like I said, uh-huh. when we started. And I think they are at least double, if not mm somewhere maybe closer to tripling that size. They've got a, a nice healthy robust uh, media relations staff. They have a couple of compliance administrators. Uh, they have uh, championship administrators and obviously they still have the commissioner and some senior leadership role, four or five uh, senior leader.
0: And do you foresee will be in the Big West? You know, how does it work? Are you oh, we're always going to be in the Big West or is that not necessarily true?
1: Um It's not necessarily true, but I think the Big West has found its calling and its niche, and with the exception of the University of Hawaii, we're all California State institutions, so very homogenous cohort of a membership, like-minded, like-situated. you have got mostly Cal State and UC System schools um, Mm -hmm. with Hawaii added to the mix, so I think we've landed in the boat that we feel like we're solid in terms of who we are Mm -hmm. as a conference. However, as you know in the intercollegiate athletics, governance and conference realignment happen, it changes. Geographical footprint may be shifted by another conference who has a member picked off and they're always trying to fill that void by finding another institution to join them. But I don't know that there's been a lot of movement that's been happening in the NCAA with regards to conference membership.
0: From People on the outside that don't follow it that Mm -hmm. closely—it's a bit of a mystery, you know, when those alignments and realignments happen. So, in 2000, you left the Big West Conference, and Mm -hmm. and you—was it UC Riverside that you went to, or UC Irvine? Oh, UC, okay. Yeah,
1: so Dan Guerrero was the athletic director at Irvine at the time, Mm. and he afforded me the opportunity to come to UC Irvine, and I moved into a different career path. At that time, I was in academics, and I led our athletic and student services department. Mm. So I worked for Irvine from 2000 to 2001, Mm. and then was recruited away to Riverside by uh, Stan Morrison, who was the athletic director at UC Riverside. Riverside was transitioning from a Division II institution to a Division I, Mm -hmm. and he recruited me to help their institution land a Division I and join the Big West Conference and everything that would take to have them become a Division I program. So I worked for UC Riverside for five years. I was there until 2006 when I had the opportunity to come back to UC Irvine.
0: When a, a school goes from Division Two to Division One, is that oh boy, uh, a big rigmarole, or is it a difficult transition, or does it just depends? It's,
1: it's it depends, but it's it's a long transition. Usually, mm. with the NCAA, you have four or five years or so, depending on what you have to do as your own institution. In the decision making for the school to decide to go to division 1 and the funding that you might need to get behind you in order to transition to become a division 1 institution and then the NCAA has this reclassification time period that a division 2 school has to go through meeting budgets scholarships student support etc scheduling all the things that go along with being a division 1 NCAA membership you have to meet over this course of the four year period and so you're not a fully and effectively a division 1 until after you've gone through the reclassification phase. So, it it's just lengthy, doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that it's difficult, but the difficult side of it would probably be the scheduling because you're not quite a division 1 school yet you're trying, you know, bolster mm-hmm. your schedule.
0: Is going from division 2 to division 1 is it a lot bigger? You know, is it a bigger athletic yes. commitment? It is. Absolutely. So you're, you're going to the next stage. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Okay. If you joined us late, you're listening to UCI Conversations with Kevin Bossenmeyer. My guest today is first-year UCI Athletic Director Paula Smith, who brings a wealth of experience from her participation in high school athletics to the Big West Conference offices and UC Riverside Sports. In 2006, she returns to UCI and never looks back. Now back to the interview. So you came back to UCI in... Six. 2006,
1: okay. Yes, I spent a few years at Riverside, and then now back to Irvine.
0: And you've been here ever since, right? Yes, so uh,
1: Bob Chichester uh, was the athletic director at that time, Uh and a similar role that I was at Riverside that I came back to Irvine for. So I was the executive director at the time with uh, UC Irvine, and I did sports supervision. I oversaw our internal operations. Mostly that would include compliance academic services, sports medicine and strength and conditioning okay. in addition to supervising sports.
0: Can you talk a little bit about compliance,
1: please? Oh, compliance is it's a shared responsibility. Let me just say that right now <laughs> for the entire department, although compliance is the nuts and bolts in terms of making sure that we are complying with NCAA rules and regulations. It's the office that is going to provide the education. It's the office that's going to interpret NCAA rules, Um, obviously trying to understand what the purpose of the rule was, what the spirit and intent of the legislation is, and then applying that to your own institution and are you meeting NCAA regulations. And so a lot of work is done with sports teams, coaches in terms of interpreting rules to allow them to recruit, to host events, to work with prospects and recruits. What what does that mean? So they're always in this role of interpreting for not only just our coaches, but other staff members who are engaged in the community and community activities that might involve rules that the NCAA expects us to abide by. So they do a lot of interpretation of Mm rules. That office also works on certifying eligibility with the certifying officer on the campus, so they are checking eligibility for students. They are evaluating NCAA eligibility admission standards. They also have this role as a monitor, so they also need to be sure to go around and make sure that there's a monitoring element to what we're doing. So if we have policies and procedures, are we following those policies and procedures? And if not, that would also then be the office that turns into becoming the investigator and perhaps having to report or Mm self-report. Um, any violations that we um, discover on our own. And we should be in that space of self-reporting and assessing. And because nobody's perfect, we expect that occasionally we're doing things wrong. And to run an office, um, a compliance office that is with the intent and spirit of the role and that we're not uh, making egregious errors and or willful violations. So checks and balances.
0: Gotcha. So from there, where did you mm-hmm. go... From these positions mm-hmm. that we talked about.
1: So over the course of uh, my career, inclusive of the yeah. Big West Conference and Riverside and uh, UCI, it's also allowed me to provide a volunteer commitment back to um, this industry and in intercollegiate athletics. And so in each one of those roles, I've served at the NCAA. Um, I've served on progress towards degree committees. I've what was that on one again? Progress towards degree. at It's committees that at the NCAA level that would hear waivers for Mm. a student who's making progress uh, towards their education. Maybe there's a gap in that and there's a committee that you can submit a waiver to to get some relief. So I've served on that. I've served on sport committees. Most recently, I was on the Division One, NCAA National Collegiate Championship for Men's Volleyball. I served on that for three years. I have, over the course of the time, served on the NCAA's Championships and Sport Administration Committee. Based on my tenure right now, it's been three times that I've been on this particular committee. The name of the committee has changed over the course of the time, but it's pretty much the same work, and that we are um, the body that is looking at um, the morety- majority of the uh, NCAA's Division I championships with the exception of men's and women's basketball and football. And so all of the other championships we meet as a, an administrative group that is listening to their bylaws and requests and, and rules regulations for those sport championships. And I've served on that for a number of years. I'm on the NCAA Division One Council. And the Division One Council is a new structure um, in this NCAA governance structure. In the olden days, it used to be, we would all go to the all-membership, Division One members would go to the NCAA convention, and we'd all have an individual paddle and a vote at the NCAA convention. Now the governance structure has changed in which it's a weighted governance. As you know, primarily the Autonomy Five conferences have a little higher weighted vote than the other Division One, one AA and one AA schools, but I represent the Big West Conference on the Division One Council, and I go to uh, quarterly meetings, and I I'm there to vote and discuss uh, NCAA topics, NCAA legislation, and I am the representative that would cast the vote for the Big West Conference, and so, so that's my a little bit of my career that's external to UCI. Mm-hmm. The rest of my uh, opportunity here has been just growing at Irvine in terms of my role. Um, when I started in ter- internal operations and sports supervision, I don't supervise individual sport teams primarily now. I do more of the sports management. That was my old role. But now as the athletic director, I'm overseeing uh, the entire operation of our athletics programs.
0: It seems very action-packed. Boom, boom, boom. Do I get it? you do get it it's
1: um there's a lot um that is moving elements of being um, a division one athletic director and helping your your university uh, move move forward in intercollegiate athletics you know obviously our primary role is our student athletes that's the population that we're here to support and, and serve and make sure that they have a good educational and athletic experience and a great environment in intercollegiate athletics and our main specialty is putting on sporting events. I mean, half yeah. half of what we do is the athletic competition for those individuals and, and all the elements that go along with putting on sporting events. Beyond that, we are an engager in our community. Uh, we serve the university. We serve our alumni. Done right, talking about creating a positive image, a positive environment, a positive culture that the whole campus and community can get behind. So we're that agent that also has the ability to transform. I feel like transform lives for student athletes and transform a community and bond people together in pride and uh, experience. And Mm so when you do the next reach, you're talking about external. How do I market our program? Mm -hmm. How do I help create this greater outreach for the university? And UC Irvine being a top institution, athletics, we can do that as well.
0: It seems like it is evolving and growing. Is that something yet yeah, in the last couple of years? No particularly now going forward. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yes,
1: we have 19 intercollegiate athletics programs and over the course of time uh, between our men's and women's programs, we have obviously have had national champions, division 1, division 2. We have a lot of success. Um, now, when
0: you say division 1, division mm-hmm. 2 is that Division Two where we used to be? Yes, or? That we started as okay. a Division Two program gotcha. and, and gotcha.
1: are now a Division One program. Okay. All of our teams are individually moving forward, as you mentioned, in terms of the growth and the difference that we're doing. We have done some improvement over the course of time in terms of how our facilities are run, new academic center, new weight room.
0: And by the way, you know I've been around UCI for many decades, and remember when the weight room was... In a dungeon. And now it is. Were you involved when that all changed? Because it's now primary space that I got to believe when recruits come by, they're like, wow, this is really impressive. Do all universities have such a beautiful weight room?
1: Not all, but they all do. They all have one. And we were fortunate to have great donors, parents that The Santora family, their son played soccer Mm. for us, and they are great campus supporters and have a goal and a drive and a mission to improve lives of students. And so their transformative gift allowed us to open this uh, strength and conditioning center. And so I was on staff then.
0: How Um, long ago was that?
1: That would have been 2006 eight, And so that was was Mike Izzy was here as the athletic director, and he worked with the Santora family in creating that. And mm-hmm. uh, because of their gift and generosity, that helped the Newkirks and help us with our academic center, which is named after Al Irwin, who was a former water polo individual within our water polo program. And so The growth for us, and as you're talking about booming, is, yes, we've gone to the College World Series in baseball. We are in the midst of trying to improve what would be the last phases of our baseball facility. And so... That's a new project for us to finish off. We went through Phase 1, Phase 2, and now we're in Phase 3 of attempting to finish out that facility. Can you
0: just say what Phase 3 is? Yeah,
1: Phase 3 would be improving our concession stands. It would be improving our seating so that we can host more regularly uh, NCAA regionals without necessarily bringing in bleachers, tying in our restroom facilities. Changing our structure of our press box and making it more a uh, formalized standalone building. And then just improving some of the needs uh, related to our baseball program that would be in the realm of technology kinds of things and, and sports performance. And we've done a great job with our locker room, but it's time to reevaluate that for phase three. And so that would be a new booming activity that we would be working on with mm-hmm. our baseball program. Mm-hmm. We just finished renovating our track stadium. It's been 10 years or so, and we're ready to host the Big West Conference Championship in May. And so we've just redone our track, field, our surface. We are changing the location of our hammer cage and bringing it inside the facility. Um, So there's a little bit of reconstruction on where we're doing all of the disciplines for our track. And so that's something new for us that we're involved in hosting coming in May. And so that's new. We renovated our tennis facilities. As you know, we've redid our court surfaces. We put windscreens up, put shade structure up in order to have a better environment for spectators to watch and come out and enjoy our tennis matches. And so little by little, we are looking about proving and upgrading our other facilities that our teams participate in.
0: You are listening to UCI Conversations. I'm your host, Kevin Bossenmeyer. Today, my guest is UCI Athletic Director Paula Smith. In the interview she now talks about what it takes when the Los Angeles Rams come to campus during the NFL preseason. Here we go. In your
1: office are you involved when the LA Rams come? I'm not directly involved. I have a staff member. I have great staff who have expertise in all things which is you know why I feel like I'm able to do this directorship job. Paul Hope who is a senior athletic director. He is over facilities and he has been at our institution for Over 30 years, he is quite well versed in facility rentals, facility upgrades, bidding and contracting, doing RFPs, working with companies and doing RFPs for our athletic facilities. And so he's been our point person with the Los Angeles Rams and has worked closely with them and all the necessary items to have that event be successful it, it, and well-received here in our community. And, and it's a, a boatload of work, and he has done this in addition to his regular intercollegiate athletics well, job.
0: The transition between just our normal fields and when the Rams come, it's just amazing. Uh, Did they approach us or did we identify like, hey, wouldn't it be great to have the Rams practice here before the season?
1: They approached us, but I believe that was born from what we've done in the past. So we have been involved in hosting an NFL team and training long, long time ago. Mm. We are often a site that's called to host a Rose Bowl team that might be out here participating and Mm. coming to Irvine to do some training here. So we do a lot of large community events. And I think our internal operations and our facilities and um, uh, maintenance and uh, grounds crew and event staff do a phenomenal job that we're often called seeing if they can host an event. We're also looked at as a place when there is some kind of inclement weather and can we shift a game, whether it's air quality or most recently the fires that were happening around can institutions come down to our place? Mm-hmm. So we just do a really good job, I feel like, in, in the game management kinds of things. So we often get get calls just out of the blue from individuals to see if they can come to you, sir, or mine.
0: Gotcha. You're talking about facilities. I see in terms of our listing of mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. that women's indoor track is yes. listed. Yes. And it's not for men. What is women's indoor track?
1: Women's indoor track is essentially our outdoor track and field, but it's run indoors, and unfortunately, we don't have indoor facilities here in California, so that team has to travel out of state, but they participate in a covered stadium, essentially. Hmm. And the meters, I don't know the exact distance or curve of it, so the structure of the track is just a little bit different, but they do their meet indoors simply.
0: So they train here, but then yes. when they compete, they yes. go someplace else? Arizona.
1: If Interesting. You either, yep.
0: And is that particular to women's sports, or do men have a indoor track division? Men have it as well. But we just and, don't mm-hmm, at this time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. What about, I was randomly talking to student athletes, somebody mentioned softball. When you talk about softball, is that always women's, or are there men's softball teams?
1: No, it's softball, so the equivalent to softball is baseball.
0: Gotcha. So, so we have a men's baseball team. Yes. Any discussion of ever having a women's softball team?
1: There's always an inquiry related to that. As an athletic director right now, my job is to make sure that the teams that we currently have, that we're fully effectively accommodating those teams. Once I feel that, that we have done that well and we're in a position to maybe consider adding sports, then it would be f- uh, time for us to consider a conversation related to Title IX, which would mean that obviously we would need to have participation opportunities that mirror the undergraduate enrollment of our institution. and so. As as I'm looking at even considering the idea of adding a sports program, that would be the primary thing that we would take into consideration first. And then there's a there's just a process that you would go through to evaluate what makes sense for your institution. Mm-hmm. So obviously softball has been something that people have brought up. It's obviously a Big West Conference sport. Lacrosse is something that's growing now, mm-hmm. so lacrosse could be on the table. Mm-hmm. Beach volleyball is a mm-hmm. emerging sport for women, and it's now a Big West Conference sport. We have some sports programs that we had discontinued due to the state of California budget mm-hmm. climate back in 2009. So there could be a consideration of those sports programs as opportunities. But at this point in time, I'm in a space that I want to make sure that the 350 student athletes that we currently have, that we're effectively accommodating them and providing a good experience before we entertain them. Adding any other sports programs. Gotcha.
0: So that's a serious discussion. Would you categorize it as huge? Anytime you're adding a sports, it's huge.
1: It's huge, yes. Yeah,
0: gotcha. Okay. You mentioned that we did eliminate a few sports. can A mm. couple of the sports that we eliminated, was that back in 2007? 2009. Oh, in, okay.
1: um, we uh, discontinued, but they are sports programs that are now over in club sports. And mm. so it was swimming and diving, rowing, and sailing. Oh,
0: wow. oh, okay. And so the, there was just a budgeting yes. issue. Are you involved? Is club teams completely separate from Com- your responsibilities? Yes, it's completely separate. Gotcha. So
1: they are they are run through the you um, know recreational center, and and that that unit reports up through student affairs.
0: And you are not through student affairs.
1: No, we oh. uh, report directly to the chancellor.
0: Gotcha. You know, as athletic director, it seems like most of the time. The uh, titles are assistant chancellor or vice chancellor. Mm -hmm. Athletic director, is that just a unique title Mm -hmm. in its own It doesn't have a designation? Correct. Are there other positions like athletic director? It seems like everything else is the traditional hierarchy, but athletic director is unique. Well,
1: it's unique, but it also depends on where you're at at your institution. So... If your athletics program is within student affairs, there might be more of that tie to have student affairs titles like president or vice president. But it would also be slash director of athletics. When your athletics department is external to student affairs, you're traditionally in the industry specific titles of which you would be a director of intercollegiate athletics and then your reporting authority could be to the director it could be the chancellor it could be the president it might depending on the institution could report to student affairs yeah that's not normal Mm -hmm. gotcha i
0: also see that you are senior woman administrator of like so you, you have full you know you're you're at the top full responsibility for all women's athletes?
1: Uh, No, the senior woman administrator is a designation. It's not a position. It is a designation of a term of which the NCAA has concertedly tried to make sure that women in sport have an opportunity in leadership roles to have a seat at the table. And so the senior most ranking female on staff would be given that designation. And the idea is that it's a woman who has a voice. That person's voice should be about the entire intercollegiate athletics department. It is not specific to just female issues, although they should be engaged and informed in equality and equity and things like that, um, and may serve in that role more prominently. But again, just like compliance, equality, diversity, inclusion is a shared responsibility, and we all should be looking towards that. But by nature that I'm the athletic director, you would think I'm the senior most ranking female. But at some point in time, I am working on replacing my position, which I just left, which was deputy athletic director. In that role, I was the senior woman administrator. Once I've hired that position, depending on who the candidate is, If it's a female candidate, I could designate that person as the S.W.A. If it's not a female candidate, the selected candidate is a male, then I would look to designate another female member on my staff as the senior woman administrator. So just, again, about opportunities, a voice in senior leadership, a voice at the table in terms of intercollegiate athletics and moving women forward. Gotcha. What's
0: the the hardest part of your job?
1: Hmm. You know what? Honestly, I think the hardest part of the job is wanting to do all things for everyone all the time. And as you know, it's just depending on what's happening in your business, finances, structural facility that you have to say no. And so you you just there are times when you cannot be all things to everyone all the time and that you're going to perhaps disappoint someone and that's hard because the truth is we're here for student athletes. I'm here to have a great athletics program. I'm here to support my head coaches and the hard is to say no. Short of that, I think it <sighs> The difficult about the job would be, you know, when you have unforeseen circumstances that you have to manage. Does that
0: happen on a weekly basis? Does it happen mm. on that? you know, you just never no, know.
1: For me, thus far, even in my, my previous role as the deputy AD and now serving in the chair as the athletic director, I would like to say that has not been the case with UC Irvine. And we have great student athletes. We have great coaches. We have great staff. And I think our department and intercollegiate athletics program has been run with great character and integrity for many, many years. And so the sort of things that you would normally have to deal with has been minimal, although they do come around. It's just, it's not a daily thing. So that's, I feel fortunate from that standpoint. But that would be the hard time, you know, having to deal with injuries, um, deaths, things like that. that. That consumes me or concerns me. Liability to make sure that we are, I'm always looking at how to make sure my department is a risk and liability free. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.
0: This is Kevin Bossenmeyer with UCI Conversations. You are listening to my interview with UCI Athletic Director Paula Smith. Now she discusses the parent college admission scandal that has shaken the collegiate world. Speaking of integrity, mm-hmm. and with the Rick Singer, Varsity mm-hmm. Blues situation, has UCI changed at all because of things that have come out? As far as I know, UCI had no involvement with, mm-hmm. whatsoever, mm-hmm. even though he was in Newport Beach. I mean, people had to have thought... Oh, has that been completely evaluated? The,
1: ca- the institution is evaluating that. And I think right now, our primary purpose has been going through and making sure that we are uh, following our institutional policies, that we have our procedures in place, written and monitored and conducted, as we say that we are doing. And to my knowledge, that has not been an issue for UC Irvine as well. And, and so I think Naturally, the University of California, the actual office of the president, is addressing this with all the UC schools. We're all being responsive to make sure that we're doing things the appropriate way.
0: Gotcha. Excellent. You said we have about 350 student athletes, right? Mm -hmm. How many of those are
1: on scholarship? The last time I checked, we were about 114, so obviously less than half of our student athletes are on. Athletic okay. scholarships.
0: How does that work? Just on athletic ability, or is
1: yes, it, we have a structure right now in place of which we've uh, given each one of our sports programs a departmental funded amount in order to go and recruit talent. And it is up to our head coaches to recruit the best talent that they need to round out their teams. And then our head coach makes recommendations on the individuals that they would want to scholarship and how much they would scholarship that individual based on their own departmental budget and then that scholarship goes up. That's through the sports supervisor and on to the athletic director for final signature. But that's how it works at many schools. It really is up to the head coach to determine their recruits and and which ones that they would scholarship or not scholarship. So if I could do anything about a shameless plug right now, in the campus's Brilliant Future campaign, scholarships are one of the buckets that we are working on trying to accommodate our student-athletes overall and access to a scholarship. Scholarships help transform lives for students. And and while they're here contributing their time and effort on behalf of the university, in addition to being a student, anything that we can do to help aid them in their education and their experience, providing them a scholarship is something we'd love to do. So that's one of the things that I would like to, for the community here, and that scholarships are important to us and they're important to our student-athletes, and our students are worthy of it. So anybody out there listening that might have a donation, (laughs) Please Excellent. come
0: forward. And has that, over the years, has that just generally increased over time? And it's just a matter of, yeah, we're just trying to improve yes. all the time and expand. Absolutely. Gotcha. So fundraising, mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of were just touching base mm-hmm. on that. Fundraising, budgets, that's mm-hmm. a critical part yes. of your department, right? Absolutely. Are we healthy? Are we struggling?
1: How, how do we look? Um, I would say that we... We're in a crossroad right now because we've had a couple of years where we have not had a full development staff. Um, we now have a full development staff. It's led by Chris Walker, who is our executive director for development. Um, he's got a full team now. So we have major gift officers. We have annual giving officer and then some administrative support team, special events administrator. And so I feel like we are fully staffed now in which we are able to go out and effectively Fundraise for our intercollegiate athletics program. We have had great supporters for a number of years, and those individuals are still supporters for our athletics department. But it's time for us to get out in our community and surface some new potential athletic supporters. And mm-hmm. so, I think we do a fairly good job. But in the realm of intercollegiate athletics and where we're situated in in Orange County, I think we can do a better job. And so, I'm confident in what our team is together now that we can go out and get that done.
0: Super. What are our major events? Maybe I'll just backtrack. Mm -hmm. I know we have a a very special relationship with NBA head coach Scott Brooks, who is Mm -hmm. an an alumni. Mm -hmm. We have the golf tournament. Is that considered one of our special events? Yes,
1: it is. That's probably our primary one. Over the course Mm -hmm. of time, we had a variety of different ones. We had back in the day, it was called a sports call. And we change that to a focus of a scholar athlete banquet. And for many years, that became one of our big fundraise um, activities. And then that went away. So I would say our primary department, a sponsored one was the Scott Woods Golf Invitational. We are now bringing back our Hall of Fame. And that was new after a 13-year hiatus. And I think it's going to be a great, again, community builder, supporting and acknowledging our alums who have paved the way for for the future student-athletes. And I'm excited about what that might bring back in terms of connectivity to our alumni. We are looking at starting up again our student-athlete and or scholar-athlete banquet, we are formulating what direction we want to go with that. And that has the potential to be one of our larger events and perhaps a fundraising opportunity. And beyond that, we are looking about trying to, again, fundraise, like, you know, trying to create invite events and environment where people can come back and get engaged. And once they're engaged and see the quality of our program and the wonderful, exciting student athletes that we have, that that will spur people to get engaged with our program on a more formal basis. And so those are really our big events right now outside of doing homecoming, which is a large, you know, that's a natural athletic sporting event. And then, uh, as you know, the Los Angeles Rams have been a community engager for us. And that's been a large event that we've been connected to. Fantastic.
0: Is Basketball, our biggest spectator sport?
1: It is. We have some of our events, and if you pick men's volleyball, depending on who their opponent is, has done a really good job selling out. The Burn Event Center, obviously, baseball is has some rivalries, and we have great attendance at baseball. But men's basketball has been our primary sport that has been a great revenue generator. And done right, again, that would be the one sports programs that I think could help the rest of our intercollegiate athletic sports programs thrive.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, Athletic Director Paula Smith, thank you so much for being with us. It's very exciting. People love our sports, and it sounds like it's growing, not only internally, but externally.
1: It is, and I'm excited to be in this chair as the Director of Athletics. I get my why. I love intercollegiate athletics as part of the higher education, and like I said within this interview and conversation, that done right, we will be galvanizing for our campus community and university and we will succeed. And I'm excited about being part of that.
0: Thanks for being here. Thank you.